G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, worker stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR and the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Radio Foundation. On the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. On Friday, May the 21st, the school strike for climate change rallies were held in 50 sites across Australia, including the Northern Territory, Tasmania, Queensland, Western Australia, New South Wales, South Australia, the ACT and Victoria, major cities and provincial centres. A call for action with both Deb James, President of the Victorian Trades Hall, and ETU National Secretary Alan Hicks calling for a just transition to good jobs in an Australia no longer dependent on fossil fuel industries. We go to the Sydney and Melbourne rallies to hear from union voices. But first, some union news. Some workers on temporary visas were given JobKeeper during the COVID pandemic and now are being given a tax bill for thousands of dollars of debt. The Migrant Workers Centre is organising to push back against these debts requests from the ATO, which originally approved the payments. Matt Kunkel from the Migrant Workers Centre. Well, people might remember halfway through, there was a lot of news articles about how it hadn't been as well subscribed as everybody thought, and there was all this extra money in the bucket. Now what we see is this recovery happening because the tax office made a mistake. The tax office didn't apply its own rules properly uh, and then paid money to workers that needed this money to make ends meet. Now they're coming at the back end and taking it away. It's just, it's, it's really shocking. But the real kind of shame in this is the fact that they were excluded in the very first place. Just like all of us, they need to, you know, provide for their families. And the pandemic affected all of us equally. It didn't care, it didn't discriminate against the colour of your skin or what visa you were from. We were all in this together, supposedly. And it's clear again through the actions of the ATO that that's really not the case. Big businesses pocketed millions and millions of dollars um, only to record, you know, big profits during the pandemic. And it's just pretty typical of this federal government to, to go after the little guy, I guess, for this kind of money. And, you know... People who were deliberately excluded and made to feel like they should just pack up and and go home last year, which was a a shocking response in the first instance, but to now harass them and and try and take back this money just makes it harder for them to bounce back after the the lockdowns we had last year. It's a real, I mean, it's a real um, shame on the government, to be honest. Korean researchers have found that sedentary work is exposing workers to a significantly increased risk of one of the world's deadliest cancers. In a review of studies done over decades, they found sedentary work increased the risk of colon cancer by 21% and rectal cancer by 8%. Extensive epidemiological evidence suggests a direct relationship between sedentary behaviour and colon cancer, but few previous studies focused on the link between this cancer and sedentary behaviour in the work environment. They found that reducing sitting time and encouraging physical activity among sedentary workers should be treated as a primary preventative measure for colorectal cancer, which is the third most deadly and fourth most commonly diagnosed cancer in the world. 
On May the 9th, it was reported that a worker at Amazon's warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama, collapsed while on the job. He was working at the station behind me, then just disappeared. A worker who witnessed the incident posted on social media. Next time I know he's getting carried away on a stretcher. The worker added that they would not re-enter the warehouse after witnessing the death. I cried at work. Should have let that man go home and excuse his time the first time he mentioned that he didn't feel well. After the death was reported, Twitter messages of support from other workers came through, many offering accounts of similar incidents and conditions at their own facilities. There were several people who died at a call centre I worked at on the job, a worker named Kevin said. They weren't found for hours after they disappeared, he added. The death comes amid reports of rising COVID-19 infections at Amazon facilities. In October, company spokesperson revealed that over 20,000 Amazon associates had been infected in the course of the first 10 months of 2020. That number was given in advance of the winter months which coincided with both an intensification of work for Amazon and other shipping workers during the holidays as well as a third wave of the pandemic in the US. Even before the COVID-19 pandemic, Amazon appeared on lists of the most dangerous occupations in America due to to its reckless speed-ups, defective equipment and lax safety provided for employees. In the UK, nearly 300 workers at the coffee maker Jacob Duay Egbert, JDE, in Banbury, Oxfordshire, have been put under a 45-day consultation on new contracts to be imposed by a Section 188 fire and rehire threat. A striking worker reported they proposed a four-shift pattern forcing staff to work 12-hour shifts, nights, weekends, etc. Those potentially... Hardest hit may lose thousands of pounds a year and most of their benefits. Even those offered days, 8am to 4pm or double days, 6am to 10pm, would lose out because of unpaid breaks, flat rate overtime and no payments for bank holidays. There are proposals to ditch the company's final salary pension scheme and replace it with a cheaper, inferior system. JDE is part of a transnational conglomerate During the pandemic, JDE Peets saw a 9.1% growth, total sales of £6.7 billion, an operating profit of £933 million and a free cash flow of £877 million. You're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. The recent federal budget ignored the climate, in fact used the tax system to bolster the fossil fuel industry and gave a handout to a gas-fired power station when the private sector refused to support it. The student climate action rallies had already been organised for Friday, May the 21st, months before the budget, and the calls for change were only intensified by the lack of action in the budget. I'm from 3CR and I'm keen to know uh, why you're here. Ah, uh, because it's a really nice day, and I wanted the day off school. And, no, it's not, no it's not, that's not the point. Um, no, I'm here to support my couple of young kids who wanted to come down, and they're pretty informed and pretty fired up, and uh, I'm carrying the snacks and the water. <laughs> what about you? Oh, I've got no choice, really. It's Good this, luck, everybody, and well if, done. Yeah, if our politicians can't take notice of this, like these are the kids telling them that they, they're not looking after their future. And no generation has ever done that before. 
And that's if they don't listen to that, there's no hope for them, really. As, as human, human beings, there's no hope. So it, it's just to support the kids effectively and um, let them uh, show their rage because that's... I've got five grandkids and I'm raging for them. So, yeah, no choice. What about you? Oh, hello. Um, I'm here because we're going to be at 1.5 degrees in the next nine years. I've got two children and... Um, We've got to do absolutely everything we, we can to tackle this, you know, worldwide problem that we have. So I'm here to support my children and to support everybody else and to support their hope for a better future. Yeah, are you pleased that your uh, offspring have, you know, stood up and said, you know, something has to happen? Actually, they haven't because my oldest son feels that it's too late. Ooh. And my other son... Um, psychologically is finding it hard to think about it because of the ramifications. So they haven't. But I'm here for the people that have. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, why are you here? Uh, Because we think climate change is like really bad for the environment and stuff in the world. It's a problem that needs to be fixed. Okay, and and so is this a class group or are you... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When was it decided that you'd come? Have you been part of an organising group? Our school sent an email and we got interested in, in coming. Yeah. Cool. Like, it's going to affect, like, future generations, like... That's why we wanted to stop it now. Before, yeah. yeah. Before, before it just kind of destroys everything. CR, are you in a position to talk to me? Yep. Yep. Why are you here today? I'm old, fat, 80 years old, and I realise that I... And I could go, but if we don't change the climate, it's going to be problems with the young kids. Yeah. And so you've come out here because you want to add your number and your voice? Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our final speaker is Deb James, the President of Victorian Trades Hall Council, the union body representing 450,000 workers in our state. We welcome Deb to the stage. Hello everyone, and as I rise I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather today and pay my respects to their elders, past and present. This land always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I am so proud to be here today representing the Victorian Trades Hall Council and the mighty, mighty trade union movement in Victoria. The union movement stands in solidarity with students and all young people taking action today. And we stand in solidarity with you for two reasons. Firstly, because we believe in the rights of young people to have a say in our democracy. Do not let the conservative media try to silence you. Be loud and proud As we know in the union movement, when we raise our voices together, we cannot be silenced. Secondly, we stand in solidarity as your struggle is our struggle too. Climate change is union business. It is unions and members on the front line right now in the fight against climate change. Just as young people experience the worst of climate change in your future, It is workers that will be on the front line against bushfires, storms, droughts, heat waves. 
in our hospitals and schools, working on construction sites and picking our fruit and vegetables on farms across Victoria. Union members and workers know the real impact of climate change. I might be the president of Trades Hall Council, but I'm also a teacher. And looking around today at all of the young faces here, I am so proud to be a teacher. I'm, I'm so proud of all the teachers working in schools and kinders and TAFEs and universities across the country who deeply care about the state of the world that their students will inherit. And believe me, we do care. Most of all, though, I'm incredibly proud of you. At a time when our political and business leaders are failing us, you, our students, are standing up and demanding a better future. You are demanding justice and demanding real action to tackle the most important, urgent crisis of our times. Your way in showing the world and showing our politicians how to fight for what is right. You are leading the way. I'm so proud of you all, and I feel really privileged to be standing here today to, to be inspired and energised by you. Last year, the Victorian Union movement put together a climate strategy for a safe and just transition. Every worker in every workplace has something to contribute. The report focused not just on the challenges, but all the incredible opportunities out there in Victoria for a new, clean economy that puts people before profits. We know Victoria has a bright future away from fossil fuels. We can build our own wind turbines here. Let's build a circular economy to reduce waste. Let's invest in community services in our most fossil fuel dependent communities. Let's invest our money in schools. Let's invest our money, our, let's invest our taxpayer money in hospitals, housing and universities instead of in fossil fuels. The Liberal Morrison government, shame on them, and they should be very scared that many of you are going to be able to vote, if not now, but very, very soon. government should be investing in huge projects like Star of the South, which would be Australia's first offshore wind project right here in Victoria, and would and could generate some 20% of our energy needs. Instead, Morrison and Frydenberg up in Canberra are dropping millions and millions of dollars into fossil fuels and their big business mates. Well, we won't stand for it. The Liberals attack workers' rights every day they are in Canberra and they are destroying your future. Join us in the fight to kick the Liberals out next time we get a chance. Now, we have a chant in the Victorian Union movement. You might know it, you might have heard of it. You might have heard your mums and dads shouting it out at other rallies that you've been at. And it goes a bit like this. When workers' rights are under attack, what do we do? And you respond, stand up, fight back. So get ready, you're gonna help me here. When workers' rights are under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back. 
but because this is a climate rally, when I, I'm urging you that when your very future is under attack, what should you do? Stand up, fight back. What should you do? Stand up, fight back. Again, the last time, stand up, fight back. Thank you. It's really pleasing to see the CFMEU flag here. Yeah. Yep. Can you tell us about why you're here? Um, well, the environment and the future mean a lot to the CFMEU. You know, uh, we've always been about collective action, about what's good for the community and fighting for the community. Although we're a trade union, um, industrial rights are just a small part of human rights, um, and we're here to fight for human rights. And what about uh, a just transition? Certainly. Um, you know, jobs in mining, jobs. Uh, you know, that involve destroying this planet and not the future. Um, all workers deserve a sustainable um, industry that they can work in. They deserve a future to work towards. Um, the CFMEU, the construction division especially, I uh, think it's a major priority that we continue to campaign for, um, for sustainable, good, decent quality jobs for everybody, especially those in the mining industry and unsustainable industries. And we also know that uh, the CFMEU is now the CFMMEU. Um, and so the uh, MUA are really keen on the uh, uh, Star of the South project. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk to that? The construction division um, works very closely with the MUA and I think the Star of the South project can be a fantastic project. It's, um, yeah, so it's important that those jobs, um, that, you know, constructing and running that uh, project are, are good jobs, they're well paid, they're, the health and safety is um, paramount on that job. Um, but also, you know, it's important because those are jobs that will be there into the future. And, um, you know, uh, we 100% support that. You know, no, nobody wants to go to work knowing that they might not have a job next week or the week after. Everybody wants to go to a job, a good job, a good job that pays well, that has good health and safety, that looks after them and their family. And part of that is jobs that are good for our planet. Well, so you don't want to go to work knowing you're destroying the planet, do you? Certainly not. I mean, everybody... <laughs> Everybody's got to um, put a roof over their head, but no, nobody does what they want to do, uh, what they do every day to destroy the planet. They do what they have to do. To put food on the table. Put food on the table, yeah. So it needs direction and leadership, right? Yes, certainly. certainly. Are you happy with the turnout? Uh, you know, it's much smaller than um, the first one that they did, but it's impressive all the same, and uh, we've got multiple generations and great messaging and... Hopefully the politicians will listen. And I was wondering if I could ask you why it's important for the AEU to be here. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's so important. We support staff and students and, and the AEU are a community and we strongly believe that we need climate action ASAP. G'day, I'm from 3CR. Can you tell me why you think the CEPU should be here today? Oh, we, we, I represent the postal workers, the yeah. sea of the postal workers, and my son's here today, my kids are here today. So, yeah, our union's always supported um, the climate. Thank you. The Victorian branch of the I want to start by acknowledging the traditional owners on the land on which we meet. I want to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I also want to congratulate the organisers of today's strike. Give them a big round of applause. Also, I want to thank every single person here today to have the courage to come out to this strike and for fight not only for your future but all of our future. Congratulations. School students shouldn't have to go on strike. 
that when we've got a government and a Prime Minister that's not listening, that's not concerned about your future, then we have to strike. We have to fight and we have to make it abundantly clear that enough is enough. To achieve net zero emissions, we have to have a resolute focus. We have to have businesses. We have to have community. We have to have unions. And we have to have governments all going the same way. But as we know, and you've heard from the speakers before me today, Scott Morrison is asleep at the wheel and he's done nothing. And he doesn't care about the future of this country. And I say, shame! He's also done nothing for the workers in the emission intensive industries to create a pathway for them to transition from fossil fuels into clean energy. So many workers, communities and businesses are going to be adversely affected because of Scott Morrison's failure to show leadership in this area. Scott Morrison and Angus Taylor continue to mislead, misrepresent and provide false hopes to these workers, communities and businesses. We've got to recognise that the workers in the emission intensive industries have for many, many years contributed to the economy of Australia, contributed to the society that we live in today, and I think it's only fair and reasonable that we have a federal government that creates a strong and secure pathway for those workers to transition out of those industries into clean energy. I was fortunate enough a couple of years ago to speak at the last strike that he's had. It was one of the best and proudest days of my life to be in front of so many people that wanted to fight for our future. And I spoke about it on that day. I did my apprenticeship in the coal mines. I'm a proud Sparky. My father was a coal miner until he passed away. So I benefit enormously out of the coal industry. But it's our responsibility as unions to make sure workers do have that clear pathway out of fossil fuels into clean energy. The proposed Curry Curry gas peaking generator is a clear example of where a federal government gets it completely wrong. The federal government tried to convince the public sector, tried to force, sorry, the private sector, tried to force the private sector into building a gas peaking station. They know what the private sector did, they said it's not viable and we're not going to do it. So instead of listening to the experts, what does the federal government do? They go and grab $600 million of your money and my money, taxpayers' money, invest in something that isn't viable. And the ironic part about this is the same federal government has been trying to pressure state and territory governments for years, for years, to privatise publicly owned assets like electricity distributors, like electricity generators, like rail, like motorways. And then when they don't get their way with the private sector, what do they do? They want to create a publicly owned gas peaking generator. Shame. You know, if there was a demand for a gas peaking station, don't you think the private sector would have went out there to make some dollars and they would have built it? It just doesn't stack up. It's an absolute disgrace that this government, again, is wasting taxpayers' dollars on something that it shouldn't be doing. But I tell you what, the people, 
the people in the regions around Curry Curry and the Hunter Valley, they deserve jobs. They deserve investment, but they don't deserve something that's not viable. And I just want to read something out to you. When the uh, environmental impact statement for the Curry Curry project was lodged with the New South Wales Department of Planning, they actually admitted that the plant will only run for 2% of its rated capacity each year. 2%. We're spending $600 million for a gas-fired power station to operate 2% of the time. And Angus Taylor, the Energy Minister, reckons we need to do it to make sure that the electricity network's viable and it's going to drive down electricity prices. That's bullshit. It's bullshit because what it'll do, projects like this that aren't viable, it'll drive electricity prices up and contribute to global warming. I had a message for Scott Morrison and Angus Taylor and the rest of his cronies in federal government. Let's grab that 600 million bucks. Let's use it in something that's practical and sensible. Let's build some offshore wind. Yeah! Let's invest that $600 million, which creates hundreds and hundreds of jobs and clean, cheap power. The offshore wind sector provides massive job opportunities to build towers, turbines, subsea foundations, cables, offshore substations, and to work for maritime workers. This is a sensible, practical use of taxpayers' dollars. Again, I'm so proud to have the privilege to be asked to speak today to all of you. Have a look around, but don't leave this here today. Make sure we go back out into our various communities and have the conversations with our mums and dads, our brothers and sisters, our aunts and uncles, our family, our friends, and make sure they remember this. We've got a Prime Minister that does not care about our future, so we don't care about his future, and it's time for Scott Morrison to go! This country is in good hands, not because of the leadership of the federal Liberal Party. It's in good hands because when I look around here today and I see everyone that's committed to a cause, committed to an outcome, prepared to strike, prepared to fight to do whatever it is. And the ETU is going to make this statement. We support, we support your demands. We support your demands to have Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander-led solutions that guarantee land rights and care for country. We support your demands for the creations of jobs that fast-track solutions to the climate crisis and help communities recover. We support your demands to ensure that projects that transition our economy and communities to 100% renewable by 2030 through expanded public ownership. I again congratulate you on your stance today and the ETU is going to be with you every step of the way. Congratulations! That's it for Stick Together this week. If you want to catch up with the show, we are podcast at 3cr.org.au and on iTunes and Spotify. If you want to drop us a line, email us on sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. Until next week, remember, whatever you do, wherever you are, there is a union for you and stick together. We'll finish with the voice of Tara Rouge and her band who performed at the Victorian Rally for Climate Change in the Treasury Gardens on Friday. Skies and diamond hearts and cold crystal eyes Usually darkness is so easy to find But lately I just can't get you out my mind 